Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. Have thoughts on what we should cover in a future episode? Let us know on Twitter at at Cisco Champion. All right, today we are talking about something we all use, email. Specifically, we are going to talk about email security and the Cisco solution that will help you rapidly detect, quarantine, and investigate the cyber attacks that target your email. To help us dive into this topic, we have three phenomenal Cisco champion hosts, all trained in the art of learning. All right, now let's get to know our cast. Gerard, I'm going to start with you. Who are you, my friend? It's a pleasure to be back here once again, Amy Lee. My name is Gerard <laughs> Cavalinas. I am the founder of Tech House 570. You can find me on Twitter at G Cavalinas, on LinkedIn at Gerard Cavalinas, or at Tech House 570. Excelente. Kenny, you're up next. What do you do? Great. What do I do? A lot of things. My name is Kenny Paula. I'm an information security professional. And during the nights, I teach for the Cisco Networking Academy. I'm teaching the you know networking and IT classes there for, for any local college here in my area. Uh, you can find me in LinkedIn, just like that, Kenny Jordan Paula Hyphen Reyes. And I'm glad to be here again. Glad to have you. All right, Mark. What is your background? What do you do? My name is Mark Lusher. I'm working for Fresenius Medical Care in US. I am what we call here the mailman. So I try to make sure the good ones stay out. And uh, well, I think it's the opposite. The bad ones stay out and the good ones come in. The mailman. That sounds like your superhero name. I like it. All right. Uh, Usman, glad to have you with us. Can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Mark for inviting me to this. As I'm, a, I'm a rookie here in the whole podcast world. Like I said, this is my first venture into social media at all. So, um, you know, I will be posting this to uh, MySpace page very soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we all still have our MySpace pages, actually. Are they still all right. exist? All right, yeah. cool. Just don't remember my login. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Twitter as well. So, yes. Um, so yeah, Usman Dean, I'm a, a principal product manager here at Cisco. Uh, I've been with Cisco since the Ironport acquisition back in 2007. So I, for some reason, uh, have a love-hate relationship with, with the Ironports and email security in general. Every time I try to leave and do something else, it pulls me back in. So I just, you know, I don't have a choice here. I'm going to stick with this thing. Um, my role at Cisco now has been a little bit different than in the past. I actually started off at Cisco as a, a technical account manager. I was working at BlackBerry um, and supporting their environment. <laughs> Talk about ancient, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I was, I was working at BlackBerry and helping them set up, you know, 200 appliances to manage their, their infrastructure and then moved into more of a general SE role, then to PM and now a principal. And so my role now is to more manage the strategy and direction uh, where we're going with our product um, and and help with sort of consolidating where we are. Because we've got a lot of different ways of being able to solve the email problem. But I think the best thing for us to do is be able to figure out 
how to consolidate it, how to make it easy for our customers. The landscape's changed dramatically in the last little while. So um, that's part of my role is to help ease that that transition into a more of a, a SaaS-based environment. All right. Well, I mean, maybe you can start us off there. How has the landscape changed? What background do we need um, to kick off a an amazing conversation? Well, you know, uh, things have changed dramatically. You know, back in the day, is folks like Mark and Kenny and everyone else on this call that, you know, you, you guys are experts. You guys know every every knob, every every dial you got to turn. You know the RFCs by heart. Those things, those guys don't exist anymore, right? It's, it, the landscape has changed so much that we're asking security professionals to do all of security. So having one person or having a dedicated team around email security just doesn't exist anymore. Um, and in this, well, I mean, they do exist, but they're far and few between. So uh, where we're trying to get to is trying to get to a point where we can make it so it's, it's somewhat generic in the way that we we analyze. When we call something a threat, we just call it a threat. You don't have to get into the minutia of everything we have around how you want to handle a fish or a spoof or something like that. These are all things that are are now going to be bubbling up to that threat level. And how do you want to handle threats? And where we're going from a product standpoint is that we don't want to necessarily have you create policies for every individual threat vector out there. We want to make it so that it's generic enough that you say, hey, if it's bad, whether it's coming inbound, whether it's going out, whether it's internal to my organization, I want you to handle it the same way. And that's where we're going. So from a skill standpoint, we, we want to bring it so that the experts can still be the experts. They can still have the granularity they have. But we want the other guys out there and folks to be able to uh, work with our products and make them so that they're easy to consume and easy to use. So Usman, tell me a little bit more. How would that help me as a mailman today? <laughs> well, you know, I think what it comes down to is helping um, you sort of simplify your policy sets, right? I know, Mark, your environment, we've been working together for a very long time, right? So your environment is massive. It's massively complex. It's got, you know, lots of things going on. You have different flows and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you still need to be able to understand what happened to that message in a, in a very fast and easy manner, right? So where we're going is that we're simplifying our email pipeline. If you think about how messages get evaluated from a pipeline perspective, it goes through four different phases, right? You got your very fast detection phase, which is reputation. And so if you remember back in the day for Iron Ports back in 2004, the biggest thing we invented was sender base, right? And the idea around sender base was that it goes beyond a just a simple allow or block list, but it gave you the ability to throttle and have different controls over that stuff. Well, that still is relevant today. There's still the ability, we still block over 70% of connections coming in using reputation on, on, on just the IP addresses. But we also now expanded that to domain because of the advent of Office 365 and Gmail. We know that you know everything is coming from a very known IP space. So we just can't simply block all of Office 365 or Gmail. So now we have the ability to look at domains and going deeper inside that with domain reputation. We've extended that to file reputation as well and web reputation. So we have these different mechanisms and reputation that are extremely fast and can do that upfront detection. Then we have that second stop in the pipeline, which is your signature Bayesian heuristic based scanning. This takes a little bit longer, a couple of seconds, but then it'll be able to look deeper inside that content. Uh, what we recently re re introduced was a third aspect with the machine learning. Now we've always had machine learning in the background, but it was never really exposed to customers. What we've done now is introduce a new product called Cloud Mailbox. Um, and that actually brings to the forefront more of that 
uh, machine learning mechanism. They take a little bit longer, but it does provide us different context around it. So it adds in things like urgency. It adds in things like, you know, uh, the intent of the email. Was it something that is, uh, you know, a campaign level uh, of a threat? And so there's a bunch of stuff that we added around that. And then on top of that, the fourth step is that crawling and sandboxing mechanism, right? So you'd be able to look at a file, look at a URL, explode that file, explode the URL, find what it's trying to do, and then feed that back. What's important is that with Cisco, you get all four. If you look at a lot of the competition out there right now, and I'm not going to name names here, but you know, a lot of them only do one thing. They'll only do machine learning and they rely on machine learning for everything, which is great, but it also adds to latency. It also adds to dependency on machine learning. It also adds to a huge amount of, of, of um, you know, dependency on the end users and people submitting back those false negatives. The way we're doing it is that we're adding all four to a single pipeline so that each one of those pieces, when we find something to be malicious, we find that IOC, we feed that back into reputation. And that way you get the, the best of the, you know, the fast blocking mechanisms, but you also get the, you know, the machine learning stuff for things that we don't know about or the unknown. So it's a continuous model around that. How that helps you is that it makes it easier for you to identify where in the pipeline is being, uh, you know, being detected. But at the end of the day, you don't have to create a policy or a reputation or the Bayesian or the crawling or any of the machine learning stuff. All you say, if you see a threat, take this action on it. And that's where we're going from a simplification standpoint. So you don't have to worry about what's determining it, where is it being detected. It's all going to be in a single pipeline. All right. <clears throat> well, at this point, this, this question might be redundant. But, you know, since you mentioned um, the, the, you know, sender-based reputation and the machine learning stuff, you know, it comes to my mind. Um, what is this protecting or what other, me or what other mechanism or what's so different about the Cisco solution? Um, you know, what is it doing that Microsoft solution, you know, email security platform is not doing already? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question. And I think, uh, you know, when I sort of look at this, everyone does everything, right? There's no one vendor that can say that, hey, we protect, we're the only ones that protect against this particular feature. But if you had a checkbox, you know, looking at an RFP or looking at, you know, the solution itself, each and every one of the features out there, every one of the products will do exactly the same thing. What it comes down to is the depth of, of, of what we can do around the scanning, where information is being pulled. And on top of that, um, the, the maturity of that particular uh, detection mechanism. <clears throat> So going back to our roots, you know, we've been doing this since 2004, even before that, right? Um, so the ability for us to understand a threat vector, whether it's coming in through email, whether it's coming in through a website, whether it's coming in through an IPS or an IDS, or whether it's coming through a firewall, even if it's coming from a desktop, you know, EDR type of things, all that's being pulled together by Talos. And so that is our big differentiating factor is that we have this global intelligence source that's pulling in metrics from multiple different um, areas. Where we're starting to get some differentiation is that not on the spam and not on the virus. Everyone does spam and virus. So we don't really consider that to be something that we wanna uh, be differentiated on. It's using that machine learning modules to feed back into the rest of the, the, the ecosystem. That's gonna be a real difference. And that's gonna help us pinpoint the BEC, the phishing, the, the malware is coming through. And we see this all the time. You know, we don't, I don't have to point, pinpoint anyone. You look at the news, it's all the time, you know, this is a new bypass mechanism. This is a new type of threat coming through. And without that ability to, to quickly adapt and be able to either block by reputation or block by machine learning or block through a major scan and learn through each one of those, um, you're always going to have that weak point, right? So where we're, where we're starting to do things is that with, with Microsoft in particular, 
we have an option of how you want to deploy it. So you can deploy as a gateway and you can do all that blocking up front. Um, and you have all the full stack. You have, you know, scan, spam, gray mail, virus, amp, you know, malware, all the things that you would want to do, all the BEC, all the phishing stuff. You can do it all up front. Or Cisco is one of the only vendors that can do it as a supplemental solution. So you can get full stack scanning supplemental to Microsoft. And it will do spam, it will do gray mail, but it will do AMP malware on both your internal mail as well as your inbound mail and outbound. Uh, you could also do your BEC, your phishing detection. And trust me, phishing is is a huge, huge problem now. Uh, you know, we saw the BEC report that came out. It was like $40 billion from the FBI that just came out with BEC. That's intrinsically linked to phishing and getting those links through. So not having a your own web instance or information is a huge impact to your organization, right? And where we're getting that information is from our web proxies, so our, uh, our web security appliances, as well as our open DNS, right? So we have two very, very good sources of telemetry around URLs that's feeding into our into our system. Um, and then from uh, from Microsoft, you know, we can also supplement it. So putting that that supplemental solution, but with Office 365, where we take a journal copy and you're using the APIs to be able to remediate those messages. That's a big uh, bonus that you can still do your full stack scanning, regardless how you deploy, and then um, you know you have your your full protection as part of that. I, I think that solution sounds phenomenal, and it actually kind of segues into my next question, which which is something that I've been you know kind of as I'm listening to this, you know, there's so many different ones, and you you touched on it, you know, there's multiple different ones out there that do one thing and not the other, and vice versa. How does this solution? take all of that data and i mean cisco's always you know at the top of their game but how does this take that the that data and start framing it to then kind of notice or find consistent patterns and behaviors right so you're you know you're starting to see okay well this is you know a certain hash value or this is going to be you know kind of this is this is a certain indicator like when does it or is there a set time or how does that all work like you know it's feeding all this data how does it frame it and then, you know, kind of find those patterns and behaviors so the solution can implement and, and work at the highest level? Yeah. So I think a lot of that's going to happen in the back end, right? We don't want our customers to have to start grouping it for us. So what we started doing is looking at different IOCs. And so if you, you look at your traditional IOCs, <clears throat> you have your IP addresses, you have your domains, you have URLs. Those are pretty easy to group. But what we started to do is branch out to different things. So, for example, a good one is Bitcoin, right? Um what we're starting to see is patterns around Bitcoin addresses. And what we've been able to do is say, okay, if we see a, an extortion request and they're telling you to pay on Bitcoin, let's go find out what's happening inside that Bitcoin wallet. So we'll start going querying that wallet through a library that we have and say, oh, wait, we know this is active because we're starting to see ransoms being paid on that. We now be able to group that as part of our extortion and expanding the IOCs beyond just what we do today with you know your simple URLs and files and stuff like that. So that's where we're starting to go is that we want to be able to look at campaigns at a level that is beyond what uh, everyone else does and just, you know, simple URLs and IP hashes and stuff like that. We want to get to the point that we're, we're grouping them based on subject, based on senders, based on IOCs inside the message, based on intents. Um, so that's where we're starting to build that intelligence out. Now, it's not fully baked yet, but we're starting to get a lot of the intelligence built into Cloud Mailbox. And we're starting to present that back to our customers saying, hey, um, you know, here's the the delta we're providing on top of Microsoft. Here's the delta that we can provide against whatever you're using your first top. And then on top of that, we're starting to group to say, here's the targets and here's what they're being targeted with. So if they're be targeting with credential phishing, we can show that inside that report. Okay, my next question, Usman. So on one hand, Cloud Mailbox needs to learn a little bit behaviors and a message pattern of your system. 
On the other hand, we have the ever-shifting pishing attacks, which get smarter every day. So how do you balance that? Because I don't want to learn four weeks and then I get an attack and I need to learn another four weeks for that mail to be mitigated. What's happening in the Cisco product? Yeah, so that's where the pipeline really comes into effect. And like I said, if you're relying solely on machine learning, you're going to be in that situation, right? I think where we're starting to see that difference is that I can put, you know, if I know this IP is bad, I can block it. I can block it right up front. I can just say, look, you know what? We already know this, this IP has been used before in a malicious bot attack or is sending out, you know, malware or whatever that may be. So you have that layer of protection. Then we have our, our signature base or our Bayesian base, right? So if there's, you know, if that message was crafted by a bot or if we know that there's signals in there that tell us that this is a potential phishing attack, we can take an action on that. The machine learning is like a little bit later down the pipeline. So we're not solely reliant on that, which is a big difference around what we do versus other ones. And you can't, you can't buy that. And that's the one thing that's a big difference that you cannot buy that type of Bayesian. Like you can, you can get open source stuff. No problem. You can subscribe to, you know, lots of different whitelists and blacklists or allow us blocklists out there. But the, uh, the ability to build that intelligence over time, that's something that only Cisco has and is very unique to us. So I had another question that, that as I was, you know, as we're talking along with it, one thing that I've done in previous, you know, jobs is we'll run those, you know, quarterly or annual, those, the fishing campaigns, right? Kind of as more of a, more of an exercise just to be able to, you know, not yell at the client, but more so educate them on a lot of the things that, you know, they may not know. It's one thing to know, okay, don't click on this email. It's bad, but you don't need to go too granular into it, but just give them and arm them with enough. So they know, Hey, Okay, this is probably does does this solution have something where you could actually does it integrate? I mean, I know there's a ton of integration. Does it integrate with a lot of like those campaigning solutions, or is there, does it have its own built-in feature where you could kind of set and schedule and, and and run campaigns and then you know kind of match that to okay, well, this is you know kind of a threat level, and then I, and then on on your guys' side, you know, it would take all that data and as we initially said, it would just feed the machine to to better educate it. So. I have my own opinions on uh, training stuff and okay. you know, I, I don't think that we can go and tell customers not to click on stuff or end users. They're never going to do that. I mean, we can't tell them not don't click on URLs, but do your job and make sure you click on these things to get your information that you need. Right. It's all linked on the web. So I, maybe the approach that we're taking around training needs to change a little bit because we, because we, we trust email so much. Look, think about your daily thing. Like, you know, you got to open invoices. You got to, you know, got to, you got to do payroll. You got to do things that are all, all web apps now. So, you know, it's so hard. And we, we've seen really good crafted phishing attempts that, you know, kind of broke some of the ethical rules or like, Hey, you got a raise or you got a bonus. Click here to accept your, you know, your, your, your grants and stuff like that. And those kind you know, those are internal emails. And I expect to get those kind of, or at least I hope I get those kind of things, but you know, so you can't tell your end users not to click on stuff. All you can do is tell them how to spot them better, right? How to be able to understand what is a good email versus what is bad. And I think that's where a lot of these training programs kind of miss that. They don't tell people, they don't train people how to spot it. They just tell, they're just punishing you for clicking on a URL because it looked like it came from your boss or it looks like it came from HR. I think that from an integration standpoint, definitely our solutions both integrate with it. So our gateway solution can take information from uh, different, uh, like our, we have a, our, our Cisco security awareness training platform. So we can take information from there and say, who are your most uh, happy clickers kind of thing and put a policy around that and say, hey, 
uh, because these people we know they click on these URL a lot, we're going to um, be a more aggressive on a policy standpoint. Uh, on the cloud mailbox side, we're kind of sitting behind everything, so we kind of you know that will go through. What we do have is the ability to bypass. So we're not tagging things that are your phishing campaigns as a as a malicious attempt. Um, so we're allowing those to go through and allowing you to do your testing on that. As for learning stuff on that, we're working with some of our OEMs and our partners to be able to understand how we can grab some of that information and make it so that you can put a policy around that. Awesome. Yeah, educating them is what it's key. It's not it, like you just said it. We can't yelling at them is not. It's it's counterproductive. That's not what it's about. We have to show them. Again, we can't, we can't give them all the keys to the castle, but just give them and empower them with some knowledge, like just maybe more awareness, you know, because I could tell you how many times there's a lot of people, they were laughing that you would, because then what would happen is, you know, would start flooding the help desk with tickets, like, I think I got a spam email, or I think I clicked on this, and like, eventually after the first one, they, <laughs> it was funny, they're like, haha, you're not going to get me, and, and, and they knew, you know, they were able to, 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 to build that awareness and get better at it. Or you guys, you know, we had this guy, I, I won't say the last thing, his name is Steve. And Steve, every time he got this email, he would blast the entire team. Hey, don't click on it. It's a phishing page. It's a phishing simulation. I'm like, dude, you just kind of undid the whole purpose of this thing. You know, so we got people that are on both sides of the scale. We're like, oh, I figured it out. And I'm going to tell everybody else so that they don't get caught on it, which is kind of defeats the purpose of this. So there isn't a really good way. If you do these mass campaigns, they're not going to really do good from that. But, you know, again, you got to be really careful how you craft it. And, and at the end of the goal, you got to train your, your people to spot that. And I think... Mark, you're doing some pretty interesting stuff on your side of things where you're you're being very verbose. You're stamping all kinds of information in that email to let them know that they're um, that this is legitimate or not. Yeah, definitely. So we manipulate. Our goal is pretty much we want to enable our end users to make a better decision whether an email is good or bad. At the end, we know they will all be clicking because they need to click. But... Um, we try to a teach them and we started with some of the usual things like every external email gets tagged till we realized if you tag 80 percent of all the emails the users will no longer look at the tag because it's just so common that it's no longer interesting so we are shifting now that we only inform users if we discover something in the header which makes us think that it's maybe suspicious so we enable a user to pretty much go in that direction and take decisions that's pretty good <laughs> um you know just to take a step back um Zaman, Zaman, you mentioned IP, IP address reputation, um, you know, a few minutes ago, and then we started having the conversation about the, the different integrations and all of that. So my question is, is there any, you know, any integration with Umbrella or, or, or you know, Cisco Talos and, and, and the, the reputation domains? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, that is how we get everything. So um talos is our global intelligence source and and they, that goes for every security product in in our in our, in our portfolio so whether it's ip reputation whether it's domain reputation whether it's even url information all that is from a global source and we want to keep it that way so it's easy for us to support easy for us to be able to consume i don't have to build api integrations to every one of our security products right it allows me to get just one integration and everything comes through that Umbrella feeds their information through that as well. So all the stuff around 
you know, uh, newly seen domains, malicious domains, IP address, uh, URLs and stuff like that. All that's coming back into Talos. And then we consume that when, with one or two services. Either we consume it through our reputation or we, we consume it through a crawl. So there are cloud URL analysis. It leverages umbrella information when we're crawling that URL to determine if there's, you know, iframes, if there's stuff in there, if it's going to a domain that we know is malicious, if it's exploding a file from another domain, all that stuff is being correlated in the back end. So all of it is being fed into that single source. So Usman, we see currently a shift in pitching attacks to come pretty much what others would consider vendor email compromise, meaning it's a domain with a very good reputation. It has all the DKIM, DMARC protections in place. But at the end, it's pretty much a hacked user account in a given vendor domain. So what would we do in such a case? That's a really, really tough problem. And it's not just a Cisco problem. I think that's a problem globally that we're seeing that ATOs themselves, um, you know, it's, it, it relies multiple layers. You know, it starts off with the user and, you know, securing their account with a you know, multi-factor and making sure they have strong path. This is basic stuff around how you manage a user. I think when it comes down to finally getting that email out, um, what I've seen uh, most customers do is that if it's something that's uh, critical, like a wire transfer or a or account change, they have processes to pick up the phone and call that person and ensure that that's actually a valid request. In the absence of that, there are things within the header themselves that we're evaluating to determine if there's an ATO, right? So that means that, you know, we look at client IP information. We look at... Um, uh, you know, the headers to see where it's coming from, what the content is. That's where machine learning kind of helps us out a little bit. Where I think that we're going to go in the future and where we're, what we're looking at is that getting other pieces of information of the puzzle. So where has the user logged in from? Is it an impossible login? Are there things that we can pick up on from a signal standpoint to strengthen our conviction around, is this an ATO, right? Especially for internal users. For external users, um, we're, we're leveraging machine learning to do a lot of that. But again, this is a much tougher problem to be able to solve so being able to monitor your suppliers is the first key point um, and things like leveraging dmark spf and dkim those are simple things that we can do to say is this legitimate or not right so at least if it doesn't pass that first check for your suppliers you should you shouldn't be you should be at least flagging that now if it does if the actual is passing that and there are an actual account compromise the only other method to be able to not the only method but the best method is to do a, a manual verification you know, picking up the phone and calling is going to be your best protection against financial loss in that situation. So, um, you you added about the, you know, all the integrations and stuff. What about Secure X? Um, can I manage, um, you know, either manage or monitor my 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 email security solution using security Secure X? I never heard of SecureX. What is that? No, I'm joking. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> all we talk about, right? Um, no, SecureX is a massive piece of our puzzle, right? I mean, um, you know, what leadership has come back and told us is that, look, email is part of the XDR story. If you go read through any, the Gartner, the Foresters, the the um, the uh, NVIDIA reports, all of them point to email being a pivotal part of your XDR story because like it or not, no matter how, old we think this saying is is that email is your primary threat vector still and so no matter what anyone says um we're still going to see a lot more of our threats coming in through email so what we've done with our secure x strategy is first we do share that telemetry with with secure x so there's apis available so you have a connector uh, that we have between 
a secure accent email that allows us to be able to do a couple key things. First of all, the pivot functionality, the case books and all that kind of stuff is already there. Really what we start getting into more enrichment is that you can do a search on a subject or a sender or on a hash value. You can see that, hey, it popped up inside the email. So our telemetry around around what we're seeing inside the email is already integrated into SecureX. We'll also now have the ability to do remediation. So you can trigger a remediation event through SecureX that allows you to remove the message from that mailbox, right? So that integration is complete and it's, and it's inside SecureX already. Where we want to go and where we think that the next step is going to be is around automation. That's going to be the real big thing that we're doing later on. And would you use Security X for the orchestration part with the automation portion? Yeah, absolutely. Like so, we already have orchestration pieces inside of Secure X. So uh, we already have these sort of pre-built playbooks for phishing and for uh, for all the things. I think where the real power is that we need to expose that to the admins, so that the admins can can call that through uh, through their portal. And that's going to allow you know people to say, say hey, I've seen something that's a credential fish, um, and we know the user clicked on it because there's a URL rewrite, and we have the information now. I just don't want to remove the message from the mailbox. There has to be something more to that. I need to take a more aggressive action. So if I can create a playbook that says credential fish playbook, I want you to go reset the user's password. I want you to reset 2FA. I want to see all the emails he sent after they got compromised. That's some powerful stuff, and we could do that through a playbook. So one thing that I'm definitely you know, and I feel like we've been maybe kind of touched base briefly, but maybe we can kind of shed a little more light on is how does a solution like how does it handle data loss? You know, especially with a lot of these different threats out there and, and, and the way the landscape is changing, which we're all consistently seeing across the board. How do how, how does a solution kind of, you know, maintain that or better help the client remediate in a real tough situation? God forbid, you know, the environment's compromised due to an attack that came in from the email. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting is that data loss for some reason doesn't come into the phishing conversation very often. It's kind of like the overlooked piece, you know. Um, if you, if you, if you, you know, you're never going to be able to stop 100% of threats, everything, everyone realizes that, right? If you're, if you are compromised and someone is sending out W2s to a Gmail account, look, that's an easy DLP rule, right? So I think that, you know, where we have our, our strengths is that there's a built-in DLP module inside of our secure email gateway. Um, that can be leveraged to look for, confidential information leaving, whether it's an account information, whether it's, you know, username, password, whether it's a, um, whether it's, you know, W2 form or, or, you know, tax forms or whatever it may be. So it has to be part of that puzzle is that whether you're using an email DLP or using a full DLP solution doesn't really make a difference. You have to be able to look at that data that's leaving. And if there is something that's confidential going to a webmail account, that needs to be flagged and approved and reviewed by somebody so that before it leaves. So we have that solution built in. Um, we've made it somewhat easy for the customers to use so that you don't have to go through a full DLP assessment. You can just run in monitor mode if you want to for a little while. And you can see the type of data that's leaving your environment. And then as soon as you're ready to make that into a more aggressive so that you're either encrypting it or you're stopping it or putting it into quarantine or waiting for an admin to release it, those are all things that can be done. You can also send back a, a thing. So, hey, you can't send these W-2s out, you know, through email or you can't, you know, you shouldn't be sending to a Gmail. So you can actually notify them back to that sender and say, don't do this again. Right. So those are all built into the solution as it is. That's pretty nice. So talking about built in stuff. Um, what about Caspi that, you know, the cloud asset security brokers, is anything, you know, any, anything like that or anything that plays nice with it? 
So like, obviously we do have our CASB solution. Um, how well has it been integrated? is probably a weak point right now in terms of what we do. Uh, I think there's probably some, uh, some opportunities for us to do that. But that being said, as a standalone solution, it does uh, do the job in terms of monitoring those web applications as well as plugging into some DLP so that you can see if there's anything leaving those environments through a OneDrive link or a SharePoint link or something like that. Okay, Usman. So currently, if I look a little bit at the Cisco security roadmap, we have the classical email security gateways, the iron ports with the management appliances. We have the cloud mailbox now, which connects directly to Office 365. Um, what is a little bit Cisco's plan to move those two products better together or involve? Sure. So from a where we, where we think the market is going to be in the next little while is that we're going to continue to see consolidation in, in, in from a resource standpoint. So we're going to continue to see that uh, our email admins are going to be asked to do more. They're going to be asked to look at how we can simplify our mail flow and reduce that complexity. You know, we're, we got a, a lot of our customers are in that state right now where they're being told, you know, you need to move to the cloud. You need to simplify your mail flow. We don't want to run things on-prem anymore. We don't want to have, uh, you know, multiple gateways. We need to keep, you know, keep our mail flow simple without sacrificing security. And so... With our two solutions, because we've architected the solutions to both work in that full stack mode, I can scan every vector regardless of your deployment, is what we're looking to do, especially for our cloud customers, is to combine that and make it so that there's one solution for cloud and then there's one solution for on-prem. The cloud-based solution will be full, you know, a full SaaS-based solution, but it's going to be able to deploy um, in any mode you want. So you can deploy as a gateway, you can deploy supplemental, you can deploy a second hop if you wanted to, a third hop. We don't care. All we care about is that we get that email and that we tell you if it's a threat or not. We'll add some abilities to do some you know, additional filtering so we don't want to lose the power of the policies that we have inside our product. We don't want to lose the power of our filtering capabilities because that is second to none. We know that a lot of the other vendors don't offer that same level of deep uh, manipulation of emails. So that's our customers love that. So we don't want to lose that. But we want to make it so that it's easier for you. So the idea here is that we, we come up with one cloud product and we're already, there's something already in the works so that it can be deployed in whatever way you want. And it allows you to carry a simple policy. So whether you're deployed as a gateway, whether you deploy supplemental, second hop, you can move. You, you can start off with one mode and say, yeah, you know what, later on in the year or another road, I want to change my mode. I shouldn't have to change my policy. When I see a threat, regardless of how you consume that email, take the same policy for that threat. That is to block that threat or put into a quarantine or whatever that may be. So being deployment agnostic is going to be our strongest sort of go-to-market around where we are for cloud email security. And that's our, really where the future is. That's pretty good. Um, I guess um, more and, and, you know, more than, more than a straight question. This could be an open question. Anybody can participate if they like. Um, but what would you recommend to our users out there, you know, as far as, you know, best practices when either, um, get, you know, receiving emails, reading emails, or any technical controls in the background, you know, something, you know, 3,000 food level. What recommendations can we have that for our, um, you know, security defenders out there and for our users? I know the one thing that I feel very strongly about is informing the end user. At the end of the day, the target is that 
that person. Whatever the function they have, there's a there's something that they've been socially engineered or identified as being a target. So the more information we give them, the more we inform them in terms of the the, the safety around uh, responding to an email is going to be key. So something like what Mark's done in terms of, hey, you're giving me a lot of information. You know, put a banner in there, just external email. But also tell me a little bit more. Where is it coming from? Where is it going to? Has this been verified? Those are good pieces of information. And we got to tell it and we got to make it so it's consumable for it. So, you know, if we put a header in there saying, oh, it's DMARC passed, your end user is not going to like, I don't know what this means, <laughs> right? But if you can come up with a, like, something that says a green check mark saying, yeah, this is a valid sender, or at least we know that this, this email is coming from the right source, then it gives them that level of confidence. But then we can go back and say, oh, wait, you know what? This content is looking for a wire transfer. It's a big red X. Do not respond. You know, validate with the sender before you do that. I think that's where we got to get to from an email standpoint is that we're informing them. We're giving them those visual cues, whether you know they're on their phone or on, you know, they're looking on an airplane. They're trying to do things fast before they take off or they're looking at a desktop and they're, you know, in, you know, at lunch break and they're like, I, just, I don't want to respond to this email or to get something done fast. We got to give them the visual cues to be able to understand the risk around that email itself. Right. And those are all things that we have. It's just a matter of architecting a solution that works for your organization. Um, whether that be headers, whether that be modifying the Outlook uh, form using the APIs, it's, you know, to some degree, it's up to the to the organization to come up with a method of being able to tell their users about their about that posture. What do you guys think about that? I would agree. I mean, especially like I said, I can't tell you how many times, you know, it goes back to just basic communication and and sometimes when and I say this for a multitude of different things, but without it, it can lead to a very massive problem because some people do if you get it's very easy to get preoccupied doing you know a hundred different things at once, but it takes one second less than that to just click that email and then you know you've you've compromised your entire environment like the multitude of problems you've opened you've opened doors now that can't be closed well, it can be, but it's gonna be a very painful process. It's going to take a lot of time and it could mean, you know, rebuilding your environment. So I definitely think it's key that just basic communication, keeping that open. I mean, no matter what level of, 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 you know, issue you're facing, especially at, with emails, just keeping clear open lines with the, with the client and with the, and educating them. Like I said, giving them very basic tools. They don't need to know how to be experts. I mean, that's what we're for, but it's a matter of just knowing enough to arm yourself to kind of be more aware and be more apt to seeing, you know, these different threats coming in. Yeah, I think on top of that, one of the additional arguments is it's for us, it's never a question when will a PISH email come in. It's more how quickly can we detect it, how quickly can we mitigate it. And for us, one of the key features a little bit of Cisco Cloud Mailbox is it gives us visibility of the east-west traffic. That means we can really see what's happening inside our environment. And if there is a threat, how quickly would that threat spread inside our environment from mailbox to mailbox? Yeah, that trajectory is a key component of our cloud mailbox. And being able to follow that conversation through. And that's where you know a lot of the gateways are sort of missing that is that they don't have that visibility of what happens after that message enters your environment. So that was one of our key building blocks around cloud mailbox is that we wanted to get that internal visibility, making sure that you can see, you know, if you look at the trajectory map of who got the emails and where did it go and who was patient zero. Because a lot of times you'll get an escalation that may be down the line. You may be looking at the third or fourth person that got that email. 
uh, learning who patient zero, who was the first one that got that particular email, is extremely key to being able to understand who the targets were and where, what the spread looks like as well. Definitely. And I say as a user of Cloud Mailbox, that's definitely being able to see the interaction of a mail with the reply, with the reply, with the reply in an easy way helps us to understand a lot. All right. Well, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. If you want to continue your journey and learn more, just check out the links provided in the show notes below. And of course, this is your weekly reminder. You could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week.